When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Game Week 28 Preview Sky Sports Fantasy Football. My name's Luke and I'm joined as ever by my mate Niall. How's it going? Not bad, Luke. Good to be with you again. Um, pretty pretty happy again with another half-decent week. Yeah. I think when the pressure's off, clearly, uh, it's clearly, I don't know, maybe it's just something to do with the pressure being off that I'm starting to do well, but um, pushing back towards the top 1,000 now, hopefully going to be back into it. And it was nice to see... Ronaldo getting on the score sheet for the first time in what feels like a, an age. Um, so, yeah, I think overall it's looking looking reasonable just now. Um, how's things going with you? Yeah, it's, just, it's been okay. I think part of it, I mean, obviously you, you've got this late surge uh, history on, about you anyway, but I think the, the overhaul, despite a lot of teams being similar, it has given us a chance to sort out our teams. And um, it's kind of gone... To, to, to template I would say where most of the players we'd expect to be doing well have been doing okay um, I was going to say speak for yourself on the Ronaldo one I don't have him um, but I honestly think it's more that I've got away with not having him for most of the season to be honest because he just you know given the guy's record I know it hasn't particularly worked out at Man United but I would have expected to be punished more regularly put it that way and it, has, it hasn't happened so I can't begrudge people getting it and I had David De Gea as captain who I think in the end probably finished about a point away from him so it wasn't wasn't the worst scenario for me but yeah steadily steady climb for me as well um, my main sort of benefit really was actually came on the Saturday when obviously Man City won 4-0 against Norwich but they rested half of the team didn't they so I had captain on Walker um, and he got possibly one of the jammiest assists I've ever seen I don't know if you saw it but <laughs> crossed the ball and player tried to clear it and just completely mishit it pretty much and it just landed at Sterling's feet and he had a great finish but we take those uh, he got passes and he got clean sheet which is obviously why most people would have wanted to captain a Man City player on that day and I, and I assume quite a lot went with Cancelo did you end up captaining Cancelo in the end on that day or not? Yeah I, I did and I'm going to have to eat a bit of humble pie here and hold my hands up and say that you were right and I was wrong but you know I think most people who went off Cancelo ended up captain and Ronaldo and who who kind of disappointed me. Yeah. But I think if you had if you had Walker in your team, to be honest, if I had Walker in my team, I think I'd have captained him as well over Cancelo just because I thought he was more yeah. secure from the start. But I think that was that was a great move by you. And yeah, so zero point captain for me on Saturday, uh, which is, is never good. But um yeah, despite the fact that the captains really misfired this weekend, I had Salah and Sunday who who got a two pointer. So Four mm. points in total for the, the the arguably the best two players in the game captain, which yeah. is really unusual. But I think other than that, there were some reasonable performances across the board. So, uh, yeah, but no, well done on your Walker captain. Hopefully that hauled you back up quite a lot on Saturday. Yeah, it was decent. I mean, um, I didn't end up having him in uh, our mate Webster in the end, but he was another one where if anyone managed to captain him, he obviously ended up getting passes, goal and clean sheet. So that would have been the stuff of dreams. I had him in my B team uh, as captain actually as well, but it's so far behind and um, I've not really been playing, paying much attention to it. But I think aside from that one, like you say, most of the others, if you went for Ronaldo, if you went for Rafinha, you know, if you went for Gallagher, any of these guys, they did nothing, didn't they? So 
you know, the other the alternatives for Man City, I think people may have gone with De Bruyne, they may have gone with Laporte, they obviously didn't play either, so... Yeah, obviously I take Walker there. That's fantastic, and I, and I ended up bleeding a lot of it back in the next couple of game weeks anyway. Um, but Sunday, Sun, I had Sun. Obviously Spurs, they concede two to Wolves. I I thought there was you know potentially a game there, like one one at least Spurs might score. Wolves are just relentless with the clean sheets. I don't have any Wolves defence, and I think a lot of people have got them as well. So that's sort of uh, works against me. And then Villa losing as well was a bit of a surprise. Obviously they looked great last the last couple of weeks and. Tinia and Ramsey are on fire and then suddenly they lose 1-0 to Newcastle it's just incredible my mate Trippier who I tipped last week goes and scores again and then he gets injured unfortunately <laughs> I think so. in, in true in true Luke Williams form he goes uh, does something spectacular looks like he's cruising from out of the match clean sheet goal the lot and then somehow manages to pick up an injury and it looks like that's yeah. him out for, out for weeks now which is a shame because he, he was looking good um, and I'm sure you'd have think of, we were thinking about bringing him in. I mean, um, if they had a single a single game, they would have you'd have certainly been the standout option for that Newcastle team. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they fare without him because, I mean, he's yeah, he's he's got a couple of goals for them now, mm. and clearly takes all the set pieces. He's looked really good since he came in too. And, and I know that uh, Kraft is absolutely nowhere near as good as a replacement. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of Newcastle fans about, have been. I was about to say, watch your language when you're talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's um, it's a bit of a downgrade, isn't it? He, he exactly that. I mean, at least I didn't bring him in. Normally, I bring these people in because I have a hunch on them, and then they do well, and then they get injured straight away. So at least I avoided actually transferring him in for once. Um, but yeah, Salah's obviously been a bit of a letdown since he came down. I don't I think he's got a great record at all against Burnley, but I don't think anyone was never not really captain him. The thing is, I actually meant to captain Trent. If you remember from last week, I said I'll be captaining Trent on this week to be different because I think. Um, he, that he could be a good game for him. I captain Salah by accident. I just, you know, when you just pick up your team and go captains, just auto went down. It is like Salah, Salah, Cancel. Do you know what I mean? And I just forgot that I even had meant to change that. So that was annoying because I could have got some points back there as well. Because obviously you got the clean sheet, um, but it's not too big of a deal. And then Bowen, Bowen's just relentless. He is so relentless, isn't he? Every single week he's like ninety-eight percent owned or something um, in in the in the top one k. And there's just no reason to remove this guy at any point. He's he's basically mini Salah now from the beginning of the season, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's he's I think he's the highest owned player just behind Cancelo even. And maybe even be right up there with him now. I think it's ninety seven point something versus ninety eight. Ninety seven point six he is yeah. ninety eight point yeah. three, yeah. So probably the top two. Yeah, he's he's I mean he's I think gonna be captain material quite a lot between now and the end of the season, depending on how the games fall. Um, because he just, he, he, as you say, he's relentless. He looks so good. And it's interesting that in a team where you've got a proper number nine striker like Antonio, just doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be doing anything. I think I had a bet on at the weekend that Antonio would have one shot. It was part of like a long request about that Antonio would have one shot on target. And, and yeah, I don't think he even sniffed it. I don't think he had a shot at all. So yeah, Bowen's just the main. He seems to be the focal point of that attack, and I, I don't see that changing. So he's planted in my team for, for the foreseeable, unless something significant happens with the fixtures, or he picks up an injury. But yeah, he's he's one of he, he makes it a, a ten player game. Then Salah and Cancelo make it a, a, a nine, um, a nine and eight player game. So mm. yeah, I think personally reflecting upon Sunday. So obviously I was really quite down after Saturday in the rankings because I captained someone who didn't turn up and I didn't have Webster either. So that wasn't good. I, I didn't really have anyone who did much. Broja 
who picked up a man of the match. And, and again, like, I feel like you're giving me credit for a lot of things. That was your, your last, I think it was probably 15 minutes before the deadline, the night that they played Spurs, I think you threw into the chat, oh, well, maybe we could uh, maybe you could bring in Brogia because there's some extra fixtures over Weghorst, who we both had at the time. Um, and he also covers that captain game next week against Norwich. And I think bringing him in at the right time, because he obviously got the goal, against Spurs and then he's picked up a man of the match at the weekend and Veghorst went and got himself injured so yeah, a little bit that, was, that, was a, that was a smart smart move one that paid off it was a bit, bit fortunate that the injury happened and unfortunate obviously for those who own Veghorst because he was starting to look really good and could have scored again against Liverpool um, but yeah the, the going hard on Liverpool defence has really helped me I think since the yeah. since the overhaul and I had another you know three way clean sheet with Alisson getting a save bonus as a Tier two safe bonus actually as well on Sunday. So that, that brought me back up a bit. And I think, yes, I think I've gone up marginally from last week, but you know, it's always nice to see a, a green arrow. And actually in my second team, I went completely without Salah and had all four of the Liverpool defenders, obviously excluding Matip, but Allison, Trent, Van Dyke, and Robertson. Right. And yeah, that team's really done well since the since the, the break. I mean, it was admittedly down at like three and a half thousand, but I think I'm up into the top. 2K now, which is wow, which is good. Yeah, I do love those. We love them, me and you, don't we? These blanket, blanket defenses. I went with pretty much a blanket Liverpool. I've got Trent, um, blanket Man City. Sorry, I've got Trent, but I've got Walker, Laporte, Cancelo. Obviously, two of my guys didn't play, so that's going to have a massive noticeable effect when uh, the Liverpool lot turn up. And that's obviously the added benefit of Liverpool. They might not quite hit the passing numbers of the Man City guys, and might not quite have the clean sheet record that you'd expect Man City to have, but. Um, it's there's not much in it, and obviously the the main thing is that they'll play nearly every game that they're available for. So yeah, those weeks where all those defenders come in and you just get in all that passing and tackling, that is what Sky has been about for the last few years, isn't it? Na- nailing these guys at the back who just smash the ten pointers pretty much every single week. Um, and it hasn't really happened much this season, I don't think particularly. Um, you know, or or if it has, they've been we've been slow to pick up on them, like Laporte and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's nice to see that return, even if it, if it didn't come my way. Uh, Gallagher and Rafinha, let, a bit of a letdown. I think a lot of people have got them. Um, annoyed at myself for ending up going with Gallagher in the end just for those extra things, but the games are still good, so I hold on to him. But happy with my team overall, and it's now looking to the future really, where I've got some struggles. There's um, you know some single game day that popped in this Leicester Burnley game, I think it was that got added. Um, obviously got some Arsenal games which we're going to go through as well um and wolves look pretty handy as well and i currently don't have any of the i don't have any leicester any burnley any wolves or any arsenal in my team so team's in a bit of a tatter when it comes to uh, the future planning and what i'm going to do on those days so um yeah uh, i'm going to probably ask you what i'm going to do because i I literally have no idea what i'm going to (laughs) do i was thinking maybe maybe david de gea but um i don't know that was the original plan anyway yeah, so I mean, I'm in the same situation actually looking at my team. I've got no Wolves, I've got no Leicester, and I've got no Arsenal. And I think in the immediate term, you can get away without having Arsenal. I think if, as long as you've got a Wolves player for that that game that they play each other uh, in midweek, that's probably the optimal route because Arsenal obviously then have the blank the week after. So you're bringing a player in and granted you'll be getting you know, a captaincy out of him, but then Arsenal don't again until the 6th of March now there's obviously talk that there could be some rearranged games you know keeping a close eye on that but you know they're not going to play certainly between now um and 
in the start of March after that, after that game they've got against Wolves. So I think Wolves are probably the route that you want to take in the short term. Again, if we're looking at the options there, Kilman is not that highly owned, despite the fact he's been really good and he's great value. I've got him in my second team. And I think he's only about 30% owned, which is, yeah, 29.6% owned. Um, with the value that he's he's got and the fact that he's actually picked up passing bonus as well in the last two. I mean, mm. Spurs, so he didn't get it against Spurs, but got the man of the match and picked up home to Arsenal. I think the value and the fact that he keeps so many clean sheets, he looks like the the outstanding option. Um, and so there'll be people who'll be making, looking for a route into him. I think obviously those who are holding Brighton, you might want to just, you know, a like for like shift Onto onto Kilman uh, from Webster, or if you, you know, unfortunate enough to have Dunk, you could go there. Um, but certainly, for me, again, as I say, I'm, I'm I'm looking at ways that I can possibly make up ground, and I don't have Pope, and I know you don't either. I think I'm going to go for Sa. And actually, you know, this whether Kilman or Sa is the best option, hard to say. I, I think maybe even Sa is is actually better. And if you look at the way that the fixtures lie, so. Again, I've got Allison. So this is a bit different to you because I know you've got um, De Gea, who maybe doesn't work out quite as cleanly. But if you were to remove Allison or indeed a Liverpool defender um, on the night of the twenty fourth, so that's when Wolves play against Arsenal, mm. you're getting uh, an I think a four for two or effective five for two out of Wolves with that captaincy, and then uh, games to follow as well. And they also cover the game against West Ham on the 27th. Um, and then I think my plan is to hold Saf for a little while. I guess we're still looking for clarity on the fixtures, but I did mention during the overhaul pod and again last week that Chelsea's fixtures from uh, that Newcastle game um, in, in 13th. March, yeah, the 13th of March, they, they go on a really strong run then. And again, there's also a prospect of them getting another game rearranged between now and then, but we'll have to keep we'll have to keep an eye out for that. But that to me feels like a reasonable entry point for Chelsea. Yes, there's the question still about the game that they've got against Norwich, um, which is subject to a cancellation if the cup fixtures, um, if they get through the cup, then that, that, that'll move. But yeah, I think broadly at this stage, looking towards uh, Sa to, to Mendy around the kind of middle of March, after he's got this good run of games. So for Sa, you bring him in for the Arsenal game, you get Arsenal, West Ham, Palace, Everton, uh, obviously the Arsenal game being a captain, and then you could shift him on at that point. So I think that's what that's what I'm looking to do. But I'm probably in quite a unique position in that I've got Alisson in my team rather yeah. than, you know, Gea or Pope. But I think if you've got the Gea, you know, you could also look to maybe move him on to, to Sa as well. I guess he'll free up some budget too. If you if that's what you're looking for, and he's a bit different from going for Kilman. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I think if you're going for Kilman, I think you kind of started with him, and I had him in my mind to potentially start with him. My thought process was that they don't get safe passing all that reliably. I know it comes up every now and then, but it was it's not 100% nailed. I think he's been a little bit lucky in in terms of obviously getting the man of the match, and then the clean sheets. I can't really argue against because it's been happening most of the season. But I just felt like if you in any individual game, I think Jose Sarr is better than Kilman. I think he's got more chance. Obviously, you get like two extra points for a clean sheet, basically, and that's all I really expect from them, you know. And then he can obviously get the saves a lot easier than Kilman can get reliably get the passes. I think so. I do. I do actually prefer Sarr. It's just that 
there's a lot of good options in goal. You'd argue that Ramsdale's probably the best Arsenal coverage. I think it's him or Gabriel anyway. At least that's what I think. And Gabriel again takes away one of those powerful defenders. And I think when you're looking at block Man City, block Liverpool and then Chelsea coming up, suddenly do you want these kind of guys on the fringes when they can be covered with the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper can actually outscore the defender? Whereas you can't really see Edison and I suppose Alisson in most cases outscoring their defenders. So it's... um. That's kind of the route I, I wanted to go, is use the goalkeeper for it. And my, my choice will be David De Gea to either Ramsdale or um, or Saar. Um, it's just, like you say, it's a bit tricky with the timing. If I do it on the 20th of February, to switch to them, then I'd lose David De Gea versus Leeds on that day, and I wouldn't get the extra player benefit. But later on, it would benefit me. At the end of the day, Man United can't keep a clean sheet for love nor money. Um, he, he gets the saves, you know... He he had another fantastic save. I mean, he arguably could have been man of the match in that game, <laughs> like because of that save alone uh, last week. The annoying thing, and I mentioned to you pre-pod, is they're actually home to Watford coming up pretty soon. Which you think of all the games in the whole league at the moment, or Watford, you know, steered by the ship of Roy Hodgson, can't score a goal. You'd like to think that there's there's some points in it, and obviously on that day, Arsenal don't play on that game week on game week 28. So that kind of puts me off going to Ramsdale. I know Wolves do, but they're away to West Ham. I'd expect West Ham to score. So it's it's a little bit tricky, but I think in the end I'll probably move to Sarp as it just makes sense. And then if I want to go with Arsenal, I can use Gabriel because I've got Walker in my team. So I think at some point I'll work out where I'm going to go from Walker to Gabriel and then later down the line, that, that slot was always intended to be a one that changes so then I'll look at Chelsea probably a little bit further down the line on that one as well. Obviously Broher as well, he, he wasn't really planned as a, a full hold continuously um, just because the, the fixtures were good and he obviously had that single day but the way he's performing and the way other strikers performing the value he offers I don't know whether I can even remove him to be honest so I think I'll just have to leave him in it leaves me with this extra money in the, in my hand which is burning a hole but I don't, I don't really see where I'd spend it I can see my team's on the screen there for people to see and I don't I don't have any budget enablers outside Broha and I think he's up there with one of the best ones so I don't know where I'd even really particularly spend it but yeah, the other the other teams to worry about is obviously this Burnley and Leicester thing on Tuesday the first of March. Have you got any plans for that then? Because you, you haven't got any Burnley either or any Leicester. So have you got any? Yeah. On your so I, from the conversation we had at the start of the before the podcast started, I, I could sense that you were looking upon that fixture with some trepidation, given that you don't have Pope and obviously you don't have any Leicester. But when I saw that fixture was put in, I was actually quite excited because yes, I don't have Pope, but that was part of my strategy all along. I needed to catch up some ground. Clearly, Pope got that like clean sheet and the save bonus on the first night. I thought, oh, God, that's that's my season over. But since then, it's been pretty good. And the other players I've had seem to have clawed it back a bit. Mm. And so I'm hoping that in capitalising on Sa over Pope, going to get some extra points there, including captain him, and equally means I can bring in a Leicester player um, and, and and go for that game. And just, you know, I know Pope's a good option, but it's not as if you're going against a Salah or, or Cancelo. So I think I'm going to go for a Leicester player. And there's also, you know, the possibility of additional Leicester games being put in. They've still one of the teams that have got the most games left. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely leaning in that direction. I think standout options from them, watching the game at the weekend, I think Harvey Barnes looked good. And I know you mentioned him before um, as, as an option for who's capable of getting big hauls. But I think Tielemans does just seem... Like in a game against Burnley, you could pick up a passing bonus, potentially tackle bonus, shot bonus. You know, he could score. Feels to me like where where I'd probably lean. But you know, I noticed that he didn't start against Liverpool, and that's not the first time 
in the last kind of couple of months that he's not been no. in the starting line when you would have expected him to be. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. Yeah. Um, both games so, yeah, against Liverpool, actually. Yeah, both games. Yeah. So for me, there's maybe that was just tactical because of the, the opposition, but I was a little bit worried about that. But I think. No, I there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of noise about him wanting to leave, isn't there? So I think some people were suggesting uh, a his performances have gone down a little bit, whereas you know all of Leicester's performances have gone down a bit. But also the suggestion his heart isn't in it because he wants to leave. So I think that's what people are saying was the reason. You know, obviously it could be anything, couldn't it? it could be a niggle that they're not announcing, but it just feels a little bit more risky now, doesn't it? That's the thing because with him, you've always associated with him when he's fit, he's going to play. So it, it's a tiny bit it, of worry. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely it's definitely a worry, but I think I think what I'm looking to do possibly is I've obviously got Ronaldo on the team. I don't see myself holding Ronaldo for the long term. Um, I think the plan would be take Ronaldo out on the night of Burnley against Leicester. So you know who knows? I don't think Vardy's going to be back or fit or even in contention, um, given that he gets rotated a lot when he's back now as well. But you know, take him, take Ronaldo out, bring in one of the Leicester guys, maybe a Barnes, maybe a Tielemans, maybe even a Madison, um, hold them for a little while, but then use that as kind of part of a wider move that frees up the budget with Ronaldo coming out to then bring in bring in Kane for or or, or Son for some decent yeah. games as we go into go into March too. So I, I quite like that, and I think as I say. For those of us who are chasing, Pope's going to be the highest captain player that night. gives a gives a chance to a roll of the dice and hope that hope that Burnley don't win and and whoever you bring in gets on the score sheet. Yeah, I do like that. It's just it's just which Leicester player, isn't it? And that's the problem I always have with them is they've got a number of players. Let's say they're fully fit and they're firing, and they're doing really well, and they haven't got the injuries. You still would find it hard, I think to pin down who their best fantasy asset is. You know, you've got Vardy, who certainly has been in the past. Obviously, the strikers throwing the hats in the ring as well at various times. Nacho has done. Daka looks good. Then you've got Madison's a good option. You've got Telemans is a good option. Barnes is a good option. Then you can even look to um, Ndidi, if it's often a Sky player that people pick. James Justin was incredible for a little while. You know, they have they have got quite a lot of options. And that makes it always tricky for me because I don't know where to go. And I think today I saw Brendan Rodgers said that Vardy's due back in about 10 to 14 days or something. So two weeks to 10 days. He, he could be back. He's already training. So then we come back to the conversation of what formation are Leicester going to play. I'd love to have Barnes is the long story short. I still love him. Even like, you, you know, he said he looked good at the weekend. He got an assist. He got man of the match and he got tackles. So he managed to get a 10-pointer versus West Ham with one assist. And it's rare that these midfielders manage that, right? And that's, you know, usually he gets shots on target as well and, um, you know, can obviously hit quite a few goals if he actually stays fit. But will they play with Barnes on the left and Vardy up top in a one? Like, I don't know, because if, if they don't do that, then obviously Barnes doesn't play. So, for me, it's Madison or Tielemans. I don't see how you can go anywhere else, really, because it just seems too much of a risk. And like you say, with Vardy, I know strikers have been dreadful. But it's just I can't bring myself to put that guy in my team. He just every time I get him, he's just useless. <laughs> I know that shouldn't factor in, but I just cannot bring myself to do it again to myself. So I feel like um, I feel like Madison's probably just the easiest one to go for in terms of just pure security. He's been at least while Leicester have been dreadful, been playing pretty consistently well. He doesn't strike me as a person. He, he has got some holes, and maybe I'm a bit harsh to him, but I still don't know if he's like truly a sky player. If you know what I mean, he's like on the cusp of being it, and he has these little runs where he does great. But his last. I mean, in his, I've got his, his stats up on the screen. So in his last four games, he's hit two pointers in three of them. You know, and it's like that. Uh, sorry, in his last five games, he's hit two pointers in four of them. And he's got an 11-pointer yeah. um, versus 
versus Spurs, that's fine. And obviously, did very well before that, so it's very selective. But he just seems all over the place, and he, he's a bit of a worry. But I, I'm with you. I feel like I have to, you know, if I'm going to go to that night, and Pope's already had all these, well, a lot of his games previously that people have caught up on, I don't want to be the same as anyone else. I'm probably going to look for a Leicester player as well. And at the moment, it's probably Madison just for a little bit of safety. If I see Tielemans is continuing to play 90 minutes all the time up to that point, then I, I guess it will probably divert back to him because, yeah, he's just a little bit better of a Sky player for me. He's on 107 points where Madison's on 114 and it feels like Madison's been streets ahead for the last few weeks and, you know, been world star in it and he's still only seven points behind him. You know, so it's, it's just a reminder that Tielemans racks up those points pretty consistently. I think as well, something that will come in that will definitely factor in. I know you probably don't want to bring in Vardy, and, I, and I'm, I do tend to agree with you. But if Vardy is back, that means that Tielemans is off pens. Yeah. And without, without pens, he's not really got a very high ceiling in terms of scoring goals or even getting it. He gets the occasional assist. But so I, I think Tielemans without pens really diminishes his appeal. So I think in that scenario, I'd be more tempted to go with Madison. But look, the good thing is you've got couple of conference league games, I know that, that maybe rests and rotates, but you've got the game against Wolves to keep a watch and brief on Leicester. And and also you get to see the starting lineup on the night against Burnley. Mm. So you can you can make a choice there. And the thing is, after that, they've got some good games too. The, immediately after on the Saturday, they've got Leeds at home. So, you know, again, that maybe pushes you towards one of the more attacking assets because unlikely Tielemans picks up passes in that game, certainly. So, you know, Madison might be a good pick, but I think certainly like you going to keep my eye on it um, and, and just make, an, make a judgment call on the night. But um, And also with Leicester, I think we talked about those FA Cup um, potential pos- resulting from the FA Cup, those postponements on the 19th of March. Mm. I think their game against Brentford looks likely to go ahead. Now, obviously, there's a lot still up in the air on that, but I'm pretty sure that's one of the games that at this point is, is going to go ahead. So, you know, you're looking at some more games in the short term where other teams may not have uh, and they've got quite a lot of fixtures still to come. So I think I will bring in a Leicester player and it will be one of those we've talked about. But we can we can go across that in the podcast before that too, um, which I think brings us neatly onto Arsenal. So obviously, Gabriel seems to be the man who's <laughs> scoring goals, getting passing bonus. Matt, um, I think, got man of the match against Wolves as well. Mm. I think 16 he's pointer. probably... Yeah, 16-pointer. So yeah, I think, I think he looks like the standout option alongside... Ramsdale, probably quite similar in some ways to the Kilman sad debate. Like you've got one defender who's seems to be the standout and, and, and the goalkeeper. Um, and I don't think you could go wrong really with either of them. Uh, apart from that, within the Arsenal team, I'm not sure there's really anyone who gets me out of my seat. Um, so I think it'd be one of those two. And I guess, as I say, there's no immediate requirement for an Arsenal player. Um, so again, I think it's just one of a wait and see. But I think if you've not got either an Arsenal or Wolves player for the upcoming week, you probably want to be looking to bring in a Wolves player rather than an Arsenal player. Yeah, I go along with that, and I and I and I, I go along with the two players. I can't see anyone else outside Ramsdale and Gabriel. I'd love for Tierney to be, you know, a consistent thing. He's been doing okay. Um, he's just not as good as Gabriel as an asset, unfortunately. And then obviously he's got the the really bad injury record as well. Um, obviously he can get out of those massive halls where he picks up a load of assists but the midfielders just feel first of all there's sort of four good midfielders into three isn't there um, with Saka, Odegaard um, Smith Rowe um, and who else am I missing I'm missing someone else, Martinelli he plays on the left, yeah. he's obviously a striker in this game 
there's four into three. Um, and I think Martinelli's got obviously got a suspension coming up. There's some injury doubts about Saka there was recently and stuff like that. So it, you just never know which one's going to haul. It feels like for a few a, a stretch, Saka looks like the better, better option. Then suddenly Odegaard comes in, looks great. Smith Rowe's obviously been over the season, just you know went on an absolute worldy run for like five or six weeks of scoring, then just dropped out of the team. And it just doesn't feel like any of those are particularly reliable. I don't have any doubts that Saka will play, and I think he could be value at 8.5. He seems the most nailed one and probably the one I'd end up going to. But it seems like when you've got midfielders such as, you know, even though Gallagher's not been doing that great, 7.3, you've got Bowen at 8.2, Rafinha at 8.3. They just feel like objectively better picks, really. And Tielemans is obviously going to come onto our radar or Madison as well. But I think he's he's probably the only other one I'd look at outside of Gabriel and um, and Ramsdale, personally. I don't see how... Again, strikers are so bad, I just sort of write them off and say, oh, we're not going to bother. But then because they're so bad, I suppose Lacazette is kind of an option, right? I just don't know whether I could do that either. Um I mean, it makes sense on paper if you're going to pick a player you don't particularly want. You know, historically, we've tried to use these in midfield. Like we, you always talk about, if you're going to get a crap player, basically, to cover you for some games, you want to do it in midfield, really, where you can take your risks and obviously have your, your good strikers and your good defenders. But it's not it's not really worked out like that this season. It, you know, the strikers have been just generally dreadful. So it feels like you almost can take your punts up front a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe his name is in the hat. I don't know. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I would just say, I think, obviously he's not playing that well just now, but I do expect that when the fixtures turn, Kane's going to come back into the mix. Salah clearly is going to be in most people's team for the rest of the season. Um, and then you've got other budget, maybe Brogia. I can't, I'm struggling to think of anyone else yeah. apart from apart from them right now. Um, and obviously, I mean, you've got Ronaldo, but I, I suspect a lot of people, once the fixtures turn, will be looking to, to ship him on. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look, I think Arsenal do look like more of a solid defensive outfit this season than they do a potent attacking threat. Mm. But if you really wanted to go different and you know your your defense wasn't for you know it wasn't for changing, you've got you're happy with a settled team and you wanted to take out a striker, then you know, I mean, why not? But it wouldn't it wouldn't I would make absolutely crystal clear. This isn't. It's not what I'm looking to do. No, no, neither am I. Um, I just wonder if I'm doing something wrong, as the strikers just never seem to score me any goals. But I think moving forward again, it's just going to be that same. Like you say, Salah's going to be pretty much a lock. I think one of Son or Kane is just going to be pretty obvious, and then your third striker, if you even choose to have one, is 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 probably Broher at this moment, and just sit him in there for the value. Um, you know, Vardy could serve his purpose, as we've just said, coming up as well. And and outside that, I struggle to understand who else you'd have. And probably just having two up front, you know, is completely viable as well. Especially if it enables you to get five at the back, which I think is one of our questions this week as well, right? If um, yeah, I don't know if you're able to do them now, now, but I think one of them yeah, was what should we do with the five at the back or something along those lines. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yep, so it was a question from Julian Wardle. Um, so Julian's asked a number of questions throughout the season, and we really appreciate that, of course. And Julian is asking, so if we're saying five at the back might still be the profitable play, 
how do you think we integrate the Chelsea defenders back in moving forward? As many of us have at least one or two each from Liverpool and Manchester City, plus Webster and Kilman. Um, it is a good question, and I think it's difficult to answer right now because we don't know for sure when, when the Chelsea the ex- game. That, yeah, so put it this way, there's going to be a point in the next few weeks that there's going to be a big pendulum swing, fixture swing in, in favour of Chelsea. It's not quite clear when that is yet because there's, I think the game against Arsenal is due to be rearranged but isn't put in yet. But as soon as we know when that is, it'll become quite clear. But I think looking at the, the run they've got, the Norwich game could fall out, but they've got Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich, Brentford, Southampton, Leeds, West Ham, Everton, you know, the, the, the list goes on. So I think it is starting to look like a good time to move off. Probably Liverpool or Manchester City at that point. Um, I think Webster as, we as well, right? If you can manage to yeah. get the money up from Webster, which isn't is just a lot to jump from, it is, yeah, a, it is a yeah. lot, isn't it? Because he's obviously incredible. I mean, he's so cheap. Webster seven and Rudiger's eight point nine. Is he? So that's one point nine million you've got to find from somewhere. But I think if you could, for example, if you haven't got Broher in your team, you know, maybe you're bringing him in for that Southampton game, and then that'll enable you to have some cash somewhere else to to do that. Because I think of all the players, he's Brighton's fixtures do kind of not drop off a cliff, but they get a lot worse at that point, right? So I think that would be the obvious one. And it's the problem I'm having where I, where I look at my team and I'm like, well, I don't, you know, Kilman's a great option, you know, but my, I've got all these expensive defenders and I don't really want to lose one. And that's kind of what Julian's saying here, right? I don't want to lose my Man City or Liverpool defenders. It's just understandable. They're so good when they play, right? So it's tricky. But, but I think what we've obviously seen this week, and this is something you predicted obviously on the podcast we had last week, we had a bit of a debate about it. How much are City going to start rotating players now that we're getting to the crunch stages of the Champions League. Yeah, they are. Now, obviously, the league isn't, the league isn't won. Um, and clearly, the huge victory they got against Sport and Lisbon probably you know, means they're going to focus more on the league in the net in the upcoming games rather than rotating. Mm. Um, but inevitably, that's going to happen again when they get to the quarterfinal, semifinal stage. So I think that's something we need to take into account. Yeah. Certainly with Man City. Um, Liverpool, as we've mentioned, tend to rotate a little bit less. But there will be that fixture shift. So I think it's just watching and waiting and seeing when those extra Chelsea games get, you know, that extra Chelsea game gets put in yeah. and then formulating a plan. But for me, I think I'm going to go for a bit of a block shift. So at least two, maybe even three, James, Mendy and Rudiger. That was, think. That was going to be my question. Who are you going to go for yeah. from Chelsea? Because obviously with the injuries and the wing-back situation, I think it's trickier. I think it's trickier. I think Rudiger's a lock and Mendy's obviously the obviously other very safe one to have in your team. I say very safe. They have stuck Kepper and everything, and then he's done well. He's done okay this season. Um, I think those two are the obvious ones, but outside that, I think it gets tricky. So, who who would be your other one? I think it, I think it'd be James. Um, he's 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 just got the highest ceiling of all the defenders, even. So, and we've seen that when Chelsea were really ticking and playing well, he was mm. he was churning out big holes. Um, although you know, there's obviously still. He's not back yet. I think he's expected to be, to be back soon. And we'd obviously like to see him play at least once or twice before I then go back to him. But, um, you know, we're still looking at at least three or four weeks before we make that move. So I think maybe you could phase it. So you could do Mendy and, and Rudiger earlier on. And then possibly if you if, if you wanted to go double down even more, you could yeah. bring in James further down the line. But yeah, I think obviously Rudiger seems to still be the... The, the most nailed on pick and, and 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 also someone who we've ignored all season who seems to play much more than everyone else than everyone expected. Thiago and, Silva. 
Yeah, it continues to score Thiago Silva. So sixteen points at the weekend. Uh, yeah. with a goal, passes tier two as standard as every time he takes to the pitch virtually. Yeah. And the clean sheet. Yeah, Thiago Silva does interest me even more than James, to be honest. I, I really like him. It's just whether he can stay fit, isn't it? It's the old problem of of, of not knowing whether that will happen, especially as they start get, if you start getting late into the season and then obviously Europe's involved. Uh, he's, surely they, he's, they're going to want him to play in Europe, aren't they? So I think the games either side of Europe are a slight risk. But then James will, they want James to play in Europe as well, right? And we're back to <laughs> Tuchel Tombola that we had at the beginning of the season, which uh, hurt us quite a lot. But I think I think Rudiger's a nail, Mendy's a nail, and I think outside that, you're playing with fire a little bit, but I don't know if it's any different, like you just mentioned, with Man City and other people. I mean, we might get to the point where Cancelo isn't a nailed option in the Sky team from the second half of the season. You know, if Liverpool, if Liverpool drop some points and Man City pick up a few more, you know, when we get to the the quarters and the semi-finals, even if the games are tough in the Premier League either side, you know, they're going to start to, to look at that, aren't they? Because, and, and it's what I said to you before, it's not just about their minutes and the fact they've played all the games, it's about stopping these guys getting injured because if they get injured in a game where they didn't, are not even needed and then if you lose Cancelo or you lose De Bruyne, they could lose they could lose the Champions League off the back of that, right? Because at the end of the day, those guys have been so important to them in the last few weeks and most of the season and as good as their squad is Zinchenko is not as good as Cancelo he's no, he's nowhere near you know that is a massive drop off in an important position so I think Pep knows that and he will he will look to protect these players a little bit um, but who knows you know Pep's done some funny things in the Champions League before right so maybe he'll change his mind and play, play a strange team but we'll, we'll see um, any more questions I think there's one more isn't there now yeah so um, FF Poggers is saying he loves hearing our thoughts every week. Appreciate that. Thanks very much. Um, his question is, who do you think is the best captain for the Arsenal-Wolves game? So we've talked a little bit about this, but he's asking, I think it's a more general question, do you attack a single game day or pick a player with longer-term potential? So let's go for that question first. When you're you know, making a decision, there's obviously some single game days upcoming. Are you looking specifically at that one game or when you're making the decision, are you kind of picking a player that you think can stay in your team for the longer term. I, I guess there are a number of factors, but I'll let you take that one. There's definitely a number of factors, but I think over time and over many seasons, I've got I've I've edged more towards the longer term pick than the single person. I think at one stage, especially early on when I started playing Sky, I used to do the singles. And I don't you notice this as well. It does feel like some seasons they pay off a lot and some seasons they don't pay off at all. And sometimes you get a balance. Now that's not, you know, based on any logic or science. That's just obviously there's a, a variance factor that there's a bit of luck. But I think in general, using transfers for single match days is just generally not the optimum play. And you get far more use out of just having a good player for a long term. Now, if you could combine the two, because as we discussed, Arsenal have got some good options, some good fantasy options. They've got some decent fixtures that cover and Wolves have got similar. Um, and they're decent long-term holds to me. Both those teams are good defensively. So to me... You kind of, I know we talked briefly about Saka and Lacazette and stuff. You look at one of Wolves' defenders or goalkeepers and you look at one of Arsenal's um, defenders or goalkeepers because they're good for that single and they've got good defence history, it looks that way, and they've got relatively good games. So a long-winded answer, but I think generally I'll go more towards the long term and if I can combine the two, then great. Yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, And look, there will be some games that you think, I think that's that's a fantastic fixture for a certain player. And if you've got some transfers to, to throw at it, which I know people will do, there's still people sat with 
who are in the top 1,000, say, or even you know, outside the top 1,000, but with 20-something transfers left, mm. there's going to be chances like that where you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. You're maybe making a transfer just for one game, but the upside is there. So you can yeah. roll the dice like that. I think on those ones, though, we still have to remember that there are going to be other other times and other games which are going to be better. So uh, a prime example is, is Man City, isn't it? If Man City have won the league and you heavily expect that they're going to rotate in an easy game, then suddenly you can have a better idea of who they're going to play, and they might have players that no one, you know, there's players that no one's ever going to bring into the team. Your Sterling's, you banged a hat trick the other day. Mares has been absolutely fantastic. Yep. If you've got any yep. indication, these guys are going to play. These are the kind of players that very few people have got in their Sky team because they don't know whether they're going to start. And obviously Sterling takes up a striker spot. So those are the guys you want for a. I'm going to bring them in. I'm going to captain him. And if it fails, then it fails. A waste of the transfer. If you'd done that with Sterling the other day. God, I don't know how many points did Sterling end up with. I don't know, but you're looking at like 40 points, aren't you, for for, for one transfer? Um, and that'll happen again throughout the end of the, you know from here before the end of the season. There'll be there'll be some some differentials like that that go really big. Um, I, I just think you want to cover the players that are, have got that potential in their talent, which is usually the top players from the top teams, right? Uh, rather than the you know your Lacazette, like I suggested, sure he could do well against Wolves, but. Um, I think he scored three goals all season. Um, not really looked up to it, and Wolves' defence is top tier. So yeah. that's very much a punt, isn't it? That he's going to do something in that game. Um, and so, in, terms of the, yeah. in terms of the best option, I still I stand by that it's one of the goalkeepers. I couldn't even tell you which way it is there. I, I think Ramsdale being at home, you instinctively want to back that. And Wolves aren't the most the best team in terms of scoring goals, although they've been scoring a few recently. Um, and I think Arsenal similar. They have, you know, Lacazette's woes. They haven't really got their attack going of late. They've got a few injuries and suspensions. And I think Wolves are good enough to keep a clean sheet. It very much smells like a nil-nil that game. And I think both keepers have got a very good chance of getting save points. So I, I think it's one of those. And I'm just going to sit totally on the fence. I don't, I don't even know which one's better. I think you'd probably back Arsenal for the fact they're at home. But then obviously we've talked about the reasons why, you know. Maybe on that specific game day, Ramsdale might just be a better pick than than Sat. I think there's a good chance of clean sheet on both sides. But then Wolves have got you know the extra game to come where Arsenal blank, and mm. you know you're probably wanting a a Wolves player for for the long term too. And and there's no need need at the moment to bring an Arsenal player. So um, yeah, I think I think that's where I would probably lean. Uh, if we're looking purely at that game on game on its own, I'd probably go for Ramsdale. But you know, mm. we're not. We're ultimately playing a game that, that goes for the whole season. Uh, and just to your to your Sterling points, so Sterling, he scored nineteen points with a booking and a missed penalty. <laughs> yeah, mad. So thirty eight points as captain then. Um, yeah. yeah, and like you say, with a couple of negatives there as well. There'll be more braces and hat-tricks before the season's out. There's going to be players like Lukaku's got this. I know Lukaku was dreadful and he's not working for for Chelsea and there's all these issues around him but Chelsea's run's great no one's going to have him these are the kind of players that strikers have been dreadful you can take a little punt maybe over those games and then look to captain him over the dreadful ones and um, that's another differential route where I think most people will go Rudiger now I think Rudiger is a better option but I think Lukaku you know could surprise you he has at least got a history of being you know a world-class goal scorer so you'd like to think it turns up at some point um, yeah, so there's probably going to be a few more before the season's out. And for me, I, I kind of like the look of the top teams and that, is particularly Man City. If you can catch the right Man City player on the right day, then you're laughing. Um, yeah, I think that's it now. Have we got anything else to cover? I think that's that. I think we're done then. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that, guys. Uh, we'll look to do one next week. Keep them coming thick and fast. 
Um, get yourself on the members area for Fantasy Football Scout to look at any any uh, passing stats, etc. I don't know if you noticed now, but Dunk is now out of the two. I've, I've sort of run it from overhaul. And uh, Dunk is sitting alongside the entire Man City team right at the top. Despite him being sent off, he's averaging 80.99, so 81 passes out of two games um, per 90. That's mental, isn't it, for a Brighton centre-back in the games that he's had. One of them was obviously against Man United, and he's getting 81 passes on average per 90. It just blows my mind. Like, And, that, and that's in a back four as well, I think, for much of that. I, I, maybe it wasn't. Well, obviously, he got sent off, and then it changed it, but... I think that's incredible. He's sitting alongside the Man City and Liverpool guys there, and we still got the Anderson from Crystal Palace, who's right up the top as well, and Gay from Crystal Palace. So it just highlights these guys that um, a lot of the time some people may not notice are creeping near the top and can offer some um, some budget enablers for the rest of your team. Uh, that's it. That's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Catch you on the next one, guys. Bye bye.